Okay. Here we are having to record this episode of Let's Unpack That. It's not even one that I feel like I want to record. Like, I, I don't even really understand, like, what the problem is right now. Like, I don't know. I have black friends. Like, is there... Like, is there something like, going on? Like, I don't, like, like, I know that people have been killed, but, like, people are killed every day. Like, people die every day. Like, and I just don't understand, like, this piece about, like, Black Lives Matter versus all lives matter. Because, like, to me, it's, like, it's, like, it's, like, we should be, like, just, like, caring for everyone. And, like, everything's equal. Like, I don't know. Like, people should should love everyone right now. And if you're listening to this and thinking... Paul, what the fuck are you talking about? It's because I'm probably imitating a thought that you've had in your life. And this episode is all about spilling that tea of the stupid shit I've said, the stupid shit you've said, and how Erica can provide at least one lens and perspective into this. So cloudy lens. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because that's where we are, like... Everything's cloudy, but a few things are clear. And I think the thing that has become most clear to me is that recording an episode like this is mandatory. Like, talking about this is mandatory. There's not. I don't, I hope not. Like, I, I like jumping into this, like trying to put together an agenda to be like, what could we talk about today? Like there's not a lot of things I feel right now comfortable talking about. And I've been with you for the past 48 hours. (laughs) And there's a lot of things that we've talked about and reflected about mainly problematic behavior of some of our white counterparts. Counterparts. That are frustrated. (laughs) You've been demoted. (laughs) Um, but I fall into that category too. So this episode is unpacking what the fuck is going on right now. Um, it's also addressing some of the common things that we've heard from people around black lives matter, all lives matter. There's not an issue with police brutality. There is an issue with police brutality. There's, we've made so much progress and we should be happy about that progress. We're post-racial because we've had a black president. Thrilled. Thrilled to address that one. We love. (laughs) And if you're already feeling uncomfortable and you can feel this episode in your spine, just know that you're probably going to feel this way for the next hour. Um, Because I've had the benefit of talking to Erica before this episode, but when you hear one black person i want to repeat one black person's perspective Ooh. not the black person's perspective Ooh. you start to really feel it and you start to really get it but then you realize how much you don't get <laughs> <laughs> you have one woke conversation among the 300 conversations that you feel lost mm-hmm. so this might be educational you might hate it, but that's why we're here. Oh. So today, I don't even know what we're going to call this episode. We're, we're just unpacking the raw, visceral reaction that we're having to 
the protesting, the police brutality, the fake allyship that we see, as well as the good allyship we see, because we won't be fully negative the whole time. I but won't. It will be real close. <laughs> <laughs> it will. Um, and if you're even more lost, we're talking about George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, and the systemic racism that led to their deaths. On that note, Erica, tell us how we should feel as white people. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's it, though. Everyone, you know, I have mostly white friends um and you know that has a lot to do with you know my schooling how I grew up um because I grew up in the burbs represent and I feel like to them I am a like I am a representative of black America but like I'm I am and I'm not because we're for one thing like to be black doesn't even just mean to you know, we come from so many places. Granted, we all initially came from one place. Shout out to imperialism. But, you know, to be black, Haitian is a completely different culture than, you know, Jamaicans, Africans. Like, we are so varied as people. And I was telling Paul, like, people have texted me to apologize and, like, tell me that they're going to do better, which I, like, I don't know why you're telling me. I'm not going to hold you accountable. You're a grown-ass man or yeah. woman. Like, fucking go do it yourself. Like, don't tell me, like, oh, my God, Erica, like, I'm with you in this. Like, I am an ally. Mm, are you? Mm-hmm. Or are you just, like, supporting Erica, mm-hmm. who happens to be black? Mm-hmm. Very different. Um so, like, Paul, someone Venmoed me $20 for my self-care. Like, I am an employed adult. Like, I, my job has very fortunately not been impacted by the COVID-19 situation. Hello, Miss Rona. And I was just like, you gave me $20? So I donated the money forward just because it's, you know, it's not money that I need. And I... I'm now realizing how telling it is, how they support, because they didn't support the cause. They supported me. The person they know that makes them feel like they are an ally. Yes. And that's not because of things that you've done. It's things they've told themselves. Yes. By the mere presence of you being in their life, that if I have black friends, I must be an ally. No. Like, and... I want people to know that, like, the support that you've given me through our friendship has been great, but you're not an ally. You're just a fucking friend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you haven't, I haven't seen you speak out for my people. And I'm sure as a gay man, you've experienced that too, where people are like, I'm an ally, but they're really just like doing what they should do as a friend. Right. And it's like, you're not being a dick. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, like, Tell me about your breakup. Like, the black community is not worried about anyone's breakup, girl. Mm-hmm. That's not the support we're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think people get it real fucking twisted. I'm going to curse a lot because I'm just mad. <laughs> I think that's okay. Um, I mean, <laughs> this this podcast has gotten foul via my presence, <laughs> yeah. so it's fine. Yeah. 
<laughs> you don't need my permission to get foul. You don't need me to say it's okay. This is I want this episode to be whatever whatever comes out. Exactly. And there's a lot that will come out. But I think my main point is, you know, you don't you need to understand and look at what it means to be an ally before you profess yourself an ally, before you profess that you stand by me and support me when, you know, we have a massive protest i mean if you've watched the news you've seen philly Mm -hmm. um and i'm incredibly proud of the city that i live in um and i'm incredibly proud to be a resident of this city uh but it's really got me fucked up when i see that you're out drinking and partying and i get it it's a nice day and i would excuse it if i haven't seen you going out with your friends you know any other fucking time like, if it was a COVID thing, I get it. Like, I have friends, you know, Paul, Jack, they have not left their homes, but they still support it. Mm-hmm. But they've done it from their homes. Obviously, the way the city lays out, that's hard. But if you've constantly been going out, meeting people, like, COVID is not your fear. You just choose not to be, to, you know, have action. Now, if I... if I'm sure someone could say, like, well, Erica, like, you didn't... <laughs> Bitch, I've done enough. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You my... also were at the protests. Yeah. So, yeah. I was at the first protest. And, again, I don't think that protesting has to be the end-all, be-all. Mm-hmm. But I see a consistent pattern of not caring. Or you're just posting one thing. Or you're even screenshotting something that someone else posted that has a link. But that's not how fucking screenshots work. Mm-hmm. And so it's, you know... All I see is someone who's just not committed, does not care. And you could say, oh, but I care about you. That's fine. But you do not care about my people. You do not care about my father. You do not care about my cousin. You do not care about the people that I grew up with in my church. You do not care about your classmates, your coworkers, the people of color in your life. You care about me because I'm here. Mm -hmm. So just because you see me doesn't mean you see me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what white people need to realize is like black people have been sussing out the fake shit for years because from the jump we learned, you know, what someone says and how someone's how someone feels are two very different things. Mm. And I've seen a lot of people who've said a lot about being supportive to me and how much they love me, but I am me. Like, to be me is to be black. That is a part of who I am. That is the most, that is the first thing that you will ever learn about me because it's the first thing you see. Not that, you know, I was, I'm an accountant. I'm from San Diego. Like, you don't know that until I divulge that to you. So if you are, if you can't even care about the most surface level thing, like the first thing you see about me, the first thing you know about me, you don't care about me. Mm -hmm. And I'm formed by my culture. I'm formed by my experience as a black person. My personality has been dictated by how I need to act in white America. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a lot there that you just said. I think there are themes to them. And I don't know that I can like sum up those themes, but where I feel I'm hearing you is where you're talking about that, friend versus ally that liking me versus understanding me like advocating for me versus 
trying to buy me a pizza or something. Like, and we all fuck with pizza, but like, are you not like really thinking about how far you actually need to go? And like, is treating you nicely because you're friendly to them is trying to help you with your self care, like, because they like you, like, does it demonstrate any real understanding about the pain that black people have to go through by like doing what you just said by showing up and being black because it's the first most visible Mm -hmm. thing about you. Like, Nobody gets that if they're not black, you know, like, because being black is so different. And like what you were describing to me sounds like it's not only do you have to learn how to be black, even though you are black, you know, Mm -hmm. you've been black since the day you were born, but you still have to learn how to be black to protect yourself. Mm -hmm. Like you also have to learn how to like, be black in a way that like there's I, I, I don't know how to say what i'm trying to say but what i'm saying is like you have to think about every single interaction yes. because people notice something about your skin first mm-hmm. and that feels so surface level compared to what i'm feeling i want to say but like it's about like just that i i yeah i'm, I'm struggling for the words because i i think I, I again i can't understand like the only thing i can do is ask yeah. And, like, listen to you as one person, as one experience. Like, that type of behavior of being nice to someone, of being kind to someone, of, like, hanging out with your friend and, like, that like that should just be a given for any friend, you know? But when a friend is part of a culture that is being attacked every day, not just by police, but by the system that exists mm-hmm. in our society... How do you, how can you really be an ally if you don't even, if you can't even begin to understand that pain, right. that 400 years of, of pain is like the number I've been seeing. But like, I mean, it's. it's White people have been fucking our shit up right. forever. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like there's so much that was just set up that needs to be undone. So I wanted to kind of talk about some of that like allyship and, and protesting because where I am right now, to your point, like, I haven't been outside in the last three months. I don't really feel comfortable being in a crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not immunocompromised, but my partner gets sick very easily, and he is terrified of COVID-19. So the way that we've been protesting is sharing things on social media trying to create things and educating people, participating from above and cheering from the streets <laughs> or cheering from our apartment down at the people on the streets um, and using our privilege to donate and to have tough conversations with other people who maybe could donate or maybe could get involved or maybe could unlearn some of their racist behaviors. And like the way that my cousin summed it up, which I really liked, he's like, you're socially conscious and socially distant. And mm-hmm. like that may seem trivial, but that's what you've been doing this whole time about everything even related to COVID-19. So like that's how I'm protesting as much as I want to fucking be out on the streets. I don't feel I can do that to my partner. You yes. know? Um, but for other people, like you're saying, that 
type of advocacy I think they're trying to do. To you, it sounds like it's maybe feeling surface level. And I don't know if that's a unfair assessment. That's that. a fair assessment. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So walk me through like some of those feelings if you can. Like, yeah. And it'll, it's hard because, you know, you know that someone advocates for you as a friend, but they don't advocate for black people. And I am, in fact, black. I mean, it now, which is fair. <laughs> they know. <laughs> um, but I am, you know, I'm first and foremost a black woman. People on the streets see me first and foremost as a black woman. Um, and so to just say, I'm here for you, very much isolates the problem to me. Right? And They've already put it on you. Yeah. I'm here for you. Yeah. And, you know, it also puts you, as a black person, it puts you in this corner where I've been saying, like, oh, my God, I appreciate your allyship. I've just been cold lying to you people. Honest to God, if I've said it, like, I cold lie. (laughs) (laughs) And that's because it's, you know, when someone messages you kind of so directly, it's, I think, the part of me that is a people pleaser and that is a Libra is very much like, oh, well, thank you. Like, what do I have to say so they feel better? And I I realize I need to unlearn those behaviors mm. because it's not helping them. It's not helping me. Um, words don't do anything anymore. Not when people are, not when the streets are running red with the blood of my people. And that's the best way to describe it. Because, you know, We've used our words. We've used our words for centuries. The second that the English language was forced upon us, we've been using our words to voice our disdain. And for hundreds of years, you are not listening. And for you to say, okay, well, I said all these words. Why don't you listen to me? Because you didn't give that to us. Mm -hmm. And you can say, well, that wasn't me. That was a different time. But you see what's happening now, and you can't say that this society does not have the same issues. The same problems. Yeah. They may look a little different Mm -hmm. to me, and I don't know everything that was going on 50 years ago, and definitely not, you know, the, the first time I ever heard somebody use the analogy well, it's not really an analogy but like like the second i heard someone tell the story of what it what life was like after the boat that was like a fucking year ago that yeah. i heard that you know and i am somebody i mean i've been friends with you for multiple years like so like i have had black friends over the years mm-hmm. that just goes to your point that like i was a friend i was not someone who understood or was compassionate about it for me not to ever make the connection that like where's your family from? Like, I'm an Irish, a German American. It's like, well, like, I don't like, like guess bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like to use the analogy, like, yeah, I I, like since the boat, I blank, Mm -hmm. like that is so new for me. And that just shows that I was never really listening to the black people in my life. So I was never really being an ally and maybe, maybe they weren't even saying it to me, but like, so I, I couldn't listen, but like that wasn't on them, you know, that was yeah. on me to understand. Right. Cause like as friends, as people, we should work to understand the other people in our life. So like, there's so much that to your point, people 
don't get that that white people have been shitting on black people for hundreds of years and that hundreds of years like does not look all that different from mm-hmm. 50 years ago Correct. and you have family members that were alive then yeah like your parents yeah. yeah and you know obviously my parents grew up in the south where and i will say my favorite brand of racism racism is overt because um, it makes my life easier to navigate but mm-hmm. i think you touched on a good point with allyship really being something of learning and <clears throat> i'm choked up i'm I not I'm <laughs> fucked up <laughs> no i'll be crying <laughs> but. but um you know i think allyship should be you know that is your next that is the highest degree that you can get in your educational career and it's all done at your leisure for free like imagine that crazy um where i don't think people and we were talking about kind of history yesterday um and kathleen brought up this beautiful point of the way that we learn history is very one-sided and it caters to a specific narrative um and i think we see history is told in the you know through the white lens um so for the one thing like we from the jump were not given the tools necessary um i think we used george washington carver as an example we did where he's like oh yeah he invented peanut butter but like he invented so much more and the founder of skippy george washington carver (laughs) we love pb even though i kind of fucking hate it i fucking hate it too it's banned (laughs) in our house yeah (laughs) fuck you peanut butter but sponsor us if you need to (laughs) yeah But, um, you know, we tell these stories and we never tell black history. And we have a month, the shortest month. Also, I really think it should be January just because, like, Martin Luther King's fucking birthday. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's never totally made sense. Me either. Mm -hmm. And January feels long as fuck. (laughs) Yeah. True. True. It's Uh, also dark as fuck. Well. (laughs) (laughs) There's no sunlight. I feel like it's appropriate. I feel like it's I was going to say, our history is pretty dark. Yeah. Right. And it's also very bright. So I think, you know, to read and educate yourself and mind you, don't ask me for, like, advice on books because I don't really need to read like I I need to educate myself in general but I am not a scholar on the black experience now there are black scholars that I can gladly point you to um but if I read a black author I read it to be like I relate to this um whereas you the type of subject matter that I think white people should look into consuming is something more of a objective educational sort yeah that's kind of what i thought me reading tennessee coats is very Mm -hmm. difficult for me to read because my lack of understanding of the pain and struggle of black people is so low yes so for me to start with tennessee coats felt like i was diving Oh, Tennessee. Wait. You said Tennessee. Ten- Did I say Tennessee? Yeah. <laughs> yes, Tennessee. Tennessee. Oh, my God. Yeah, see, there we go. You know, it even has the fucking hyphen in his name. Um, so, like, for me, even... Thank you for correcting me, by the way. Um, you didn't have to do that. I could have just watched a YouTube video or any interview with him ever. Um, for me to read him, I felt like I was dumped jumping in headfirst to something that was like so 
different. I mean, it was a letter to his son, you mm-hmm. know, and it's beautiful. And I, I, I get the, the, the surface level messages, but I could read a paragraph and then I'm like, I need to go back and read another one because mm-hmm. that's not my experience. And my level of understanding that pain, as I was saying, is so low. So a book that is direct, a book that is educational, a book that is objective, that is straightforward written, may be the one. Yes. But I have to say, like, you don't have to be, like you were saying, you don't have to be, I should be the one sharing books. Like, hey, white friend, I learned something from this book. You should read this. To me, that is a way to amplify. To me, that's a way to be an ally Mm because you're, you know, one, one way, you know, don't just run around giving people books, but like, like, also like, being an ally, like, you, you could also take the time to, like, Google books yourself. Crazy. <laughs> like, what a fucking concept. You know, like, why are we always looking for... I, I, I get it for people who are really just starting out. Mm-hmm. Like, this world feels so brand new. I recognize myself as racist or probably racist, although I wouldn't use those words because I have to protect myself. Like... <laughs> Where do I start? I get those people who are like, it is the first thing. But for people who have been friends with you, people who have been friends with other marginalized groups, people who appear to be woke, like, and I don't even really like using the word woke because, like, I don't know what that means. Like, knows what it means. Yeah. (laughs) But, like, those people, like, if you truly feel like you've been an ally your whole life and you don't recognize yourself as racist, like why is it so hard for you to like look up something else on your own to, to follow black social media accounts and find books, you know, like that, that they, that black people recommend or that white people who st- have studied this stuff recommend. Cause there's a lot of white people who have studied, mm-hmm. you know, race relations too. Like, why can't you go and find some of those influencers and find some of those, you know, people who really are experts and try to learn from them? Um, because the, that just, it seems so stupid to be like, Hey Erica, what book should I read to not be a dick to you and to understand and to not be racist? Right. Don't put that on black people. Also, I read like fucking smut novels. <laughs> right, right. Like, and I think that's the yeah. other thing is everyone has this expectation where black people are the ones who need to step up and organize for you. But we've been stepping up and organizing ourselves forever. Um, and I, I think yeah, people Can you need... talk about like some of those examples? Like like the stepping up, the organizing. Yeah. Like, I I mean, mean, we were talking about the civil rights movement like. Yeah. You didn't see a lot of white people in those parades. Yeah. (laughs) Which, you know, I get it for their time. And when there were white people, there were. And I remember my parents actually had to explain to me because we went to the MLK Museum in Atlanta. And I just remember I made my family walk through the lynching room. Mm. And I was like, I want to see this. I'm eight. And I like could not fathom white people. Like I was just like angry at them, Um, which... I I still don't know why an eight-year-old was like, I want to see the lynching room. And people were like, this is going to be really hard to see. Um, and I think I needed to see it because it was very much like, this is the depth to which this got. And it's not just like you hang someone on a tree and that's it. There's there's a lot that goes into it. But What's the difference between lynching 100 years ago and killing Ahmaud Arbery? Yeah. Well, 
one's a little more torturous to be honest but it's still in the yeah the actual act yeah a little different but it's still you know it's the same good old boys um Mm -hmm. and i think in regards to the protests that black people have been organizing for themselves i mean you can look at from the most microscopic level um where you see you know Groups of high schoolers saying, like, I don't think that we should read Huckleberry Finn, which I did have a discussion with my teacher with when I was in high school. Um, And I remember he pulled me aside and he said, like, you know, there's some racist undertones in this book. Like, I understand if you don't want to read it. And like it was I I understand where he was coming from. Um, He was a really wonderful teacher, but. It was kind of like if you have to pull aside the one black person in this class, and it wasn't AP class, not trying to flex, but but you did, <laughs> and that's fine. But if you just if you have to pull aside one student and say like you know this book is gonna be offensive, maybe the question is why are we you know still putting out this literature? Like why is this a literature that we're giving and feeding our students and i think it and does... if we are why are we not talking about the racist undertones correct why are we using it as a s- source of entertainment and why aren't we you know maybe if you read you know huckleberry finn you should maybe follow up with a black author mm-hmm. um and i think there have been and i will say this i have a lot of faith in the generations below us Um, because they're fucking sick of it. Mm -hmm. And to them, they're like, this just doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, Obviously, you know, you're still raised by your parents, but I know plenty of people who have some racist-ass fucking parents, and they're like, yeah, my mom and dad, they ain't shit, Mm -hmm. because they do feel this way. Um, And, you know, we've been organizing sit-ins, we've been freedom riders, even with, you know, Trayvon Martin, his mom is running for office in Florida. Like, we don't fuck around because we haven't we don't have time to fuck around. So while you guys are pounding claws down the shore or playing, you know, beer pong on a fucking Saturday while the whole city is rallying together. And don't give me that. Oh, I didn't know about it. Excuse. Did you see how many people were there? Could you not hear the helicopters? Like, <laughs> how yeah. is it that it feels like? Tens of thousands of people figured it the fuck out and you couldn't. Like, what's your excuse? So um, I just think that we are a people who've been advocating for ourselves for far too long. And we will continue to advocate for ourselves because that's how our community works, because we are a community. Um, And it's funny because I remember I was talking to a friend and I was telling her, it's like, you know, it's funny because when you say like a white community, you just think of a suburb. <laughs> <laughs> but then when you say the black community, it's, you know. Where does your first image go in your brain? And yeah. I really, I see the black community as a, you know, whether it's an HBCU coming together for a homecoming or, you know, a black student union at a PWI, which is a predominantly white institution. Hello, LaSalle. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we have always been able to find each other. And I think I was telling you guys, like, when I was at Howl of the Moon, that white ass bar. Oh, God. And I saw the other black person from across the room, and we're like, we are in this shit together, and we do not want to be here. Mm -hmm. Um, And so 
we've always had each other as kind of the only the only group who gets it because no one else gets it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think every ethnic group has a different struggle, um, and that looks different for even, um, you know, the LGBTQ community, different religions. But by and large, we've just always kind of been like, we have us. At the end of the day, we have us. Um, so I think I was kind of say like, white people, we don't necessarily need you to incite change because we've, we've been inciting change for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, we know how to organize. We know how to mobilize. And it's not our job to teach you. Right. It is our right. job to organize so that you can mobilize with us. Mm-hmm. So that education piece, that's on you. And that's that's what I'm getting from a lot of this stuff that I'm reading on social media. It's not black people saying, white people, this is your problem, fix it. Hell no. It's, there. this is a extremely complex problem. We're all gonna move forward together. But white people, you need to figure out your shit and you need to figure out your racism. And here are some policies and recommendations in policing and recommendations in economic change that we think would work. But as a whole, you guys won't even get what we're saying until you start to educate yourself even a little bit to try to understand the pain, to try to understand the struggle, to try to understand how far this goes back and not have your first reaction be oh this looting is so sad these angry young black teenagers that live in crumbling homes without father figures in west philadelphia coming in and destroying our city is just so sad one no that's a fucking racist stereotype and all you need to do is go on twitter to see the myriad of people. Chad and Chets and Beckys and Brianna's <laughs> fucking coming down from Delco uh, with their hoagies and cokes. Yeah. It's it's holistically, like you said, it's 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 like it's great to have so much faith in the younger generation. I feel that way mm-hmm. too. Because they are the ones fighting back. But do not make your first reaction this looting sucks. Make your first reaction. Because the looting does suck, right? Like the, yeah, like, no like, one's in a, like, no one disagrees. <laughs> right, and no one disagrees. But why not look a little deeper at the problem? Why not look? That's that, and that's where it, it's so hard for me to articulate because I I know that that's not my reaction, but I don't know how to articulate why that why that reaction shouldn't be that reaction to somebody else. But it's just like it, at the simplest form, the reason that you need to think about that before that's your immediate thought processes because what you're saying is like police brutality is bad these cops are bad but this looting is terrible like you'd be like this looting is terrible but i get it as a response to 400 years of Mm -hmm. oppression and murder murders murders yeah i think murder can be pluralized but don't Don't ask me grammar i don't fucking don't come at my throat (laughs) (laughs) um that's a good I'm gonna have to look that up later. My dictionary, my Webster. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> my Mary Sponsored. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that I I I find it it's not this for that. No. It's not looting is sad. Like it it it's not comparing what's the looting to the murders. Like it it's like 
just go a little bit further to try to see some of the pain and anguish and frustration. I don't know how black people get up every day in a society that feels to me, and very much more so clearly now than even two weeks ago, feels like it is designed for them to struggle, to be poor, to get sick, to not be able to pay those bills when they get sick. It feels to me like, how the fuck do black Americans get out of bed every day? And I think part of it must be because you just said your organizing is in your DNA, mobilizing is in your DNA, recognizing that like mm-hmm. this is the fucking way of the world, and we still need to like make money to have things and make change. But like four hundred years of pain and carrying that weight every day, as a privileged white person, one day of pain is enough for me to take a day of PTO. I'm, mental that's, health day. I'm like mental health day. Oh, like oh my god, I just. I was up so late because I made cocktails and I just need to take a day. Mm-hmm. I just need to take a day. And that was I me want... three weeks ago. Like, and it probably will be me this week, but you know, I, yeah. well, and that's the thing I want people to know, like black people have not stopped doing what they were doing before. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I actually worked a longer work week because I'm covering for a coworker, which is fine. He's on vacation that he'd planned forever ago. Um, and, you know, I'm waking up at 7 a.m. and I'm finishing work at like 6 p.m. So I'm working an 11 hour work day while all of this is happening. I don't get to go outside because there's we hit curfew at six. Um, and fortunately, I was able to support some of my community um, with voting, which I hope everyone did on Tuesday. But if not, mail-in ballots were extended until June 10th. And if you're looking for advice on why you should vote, just give me a call. Because I have some ideas. And by we, I mean Paul. (laughs) But, um, you know, I'm still living my life um, because I have to. I don't get to use my blackness as an excuse to take a break, even though I fucking need a break. I've probably broken down like five to six times this week. Um, and me and Celexa are BFFs these days because <laughs> I'm taking her down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, you know, first of all, realize like we don't have the choice to sit back and ignore it or step away. And you do. And that is a privilege. Mm-hmm. And you've had a lot of privileges in your life. Mm-hmm. So if all I'm asking you to do as a black person is to have a conversation Go out and protest. If you are not comfortable going out with protests, and I better see that, you know, with the rest of your actions. I mean, you're not comfortable because you don't want to get sick. Not you're not comfortable because you don't want to be in a black space. Right. Because that's Mm -hmm. what these protests are. These are a black space, and we invited your white asses over. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I was like, oh, I'm just, like, scared just in case it gets, like, violent, you know? like If it gets violent? First of all, I was out at the the first protest that got violent. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I recognize I see a lot of police coming. I know this story. And all the black people started dipping, I'll be honest. 100%. Like, girl, yeah. They, yeah. they don't like us. Do you not remember why we're here? Well, who do you think that the asshole police officers are going to target when there's a group of people being violent? Do you think it's going to be, like, 
the white person standing on the side or do you think it's going to be the black person standing on the side? Mm-hmm. Do you think it'll be the white person who's like torching a Starbucks or do you think it'll be the black person that's torching the Starbucks? Who do you think the police are going to go after first? Exactly. History, as recent as the, the I mean, there was a, like another murder of a black man like three days ago. Um, you know, like, like, like history as recent as this week would tell us where the police are going to act. Exactly. And I think, you know, your skin color as a white person is your greatest, you know, armor. Mm -hmm. And ours is our our greatest, like, weak point. Um, So, and that's just to say from a, you know, experience with a cop perspective being, or you know, singled out. Um, Because I love being black. I think it is a beautiful experience. I'm incredibly proud to be black. Um, But to that point, I remember when I was a kid and I wanted to scrub my body with bleach because I hated the color of my skin. And, you know, I had been told by so many people that you're ugly because you're black or no one's going to love you because you're black that I didn't want to be black. And I will tell my child that they are the most beautiful creature on the planet because they are, because we all are. Um, and I mean, I chemic- I was just thinking about how heinous my ponytails looked throughout my high school career because I was chemically straightening what was once long, beautiful, luscious hair. Um, and it's because white America was like, ew, it's different. Um, so A, celebrate us a lot the fuck more. And don't like touch us though, because yeah, that's gonna, really rude. Just, yeah. <laughs> just and also like don't be weird about it, because white people are really good at being weird about it. But um, you know, if you choose not to protest and you choose to stay in your home, I better see you doing some fucking work. Um and you know, social media is great. I personally don't think that I think Instagram is a great opportunity, a great platform for educating the people who want to be educated mm-hmm. because I think Instagram is a echo chamber. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, obviously, it's very easy to ignore. Yes. It's very too easy. And I've heard it from people like going on Instagram. It's like, it's, it's like not fun anymore. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know what else isn't fun? Like, you know, being black and walking outside of your home and worrying if you're going to get shot. Yeah. Like, I but like, like, thanks for your black square. Sorry, sorry that the, <laughs> thank, thank you for the black square. You know how I feel about the black square. Like, oh my gosh. I will be following up on people. Like, yeah. so I see you posted the black square. Do you know what it was really for? Do you know what it's really about? I love that MLK quote. It was wrong, but that's fine. I, I really liked your black square. Um, similarly, I really enjoyed that lemon pecan pie you posted the other day. Yeah. Like, what? Like, I loved watching you guys hang out outside and enjoy the beautiful weather with your bat with your pals. I know. Um, yeah. And 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 again, like we're talking about social media, the stuff we see. Yeah. Like, and this is not to diminish the people who are being really good allies right now and not posting on social media. Mm-hmm. Like, like I'm sure that there are people who are like, I don't post on social media now. I'm that's not, going, not my medium. Right, that's not my medium. Like my, And that is totally fine. Like, But that is when you do post on social media. And, and all of a sudden you either don't post or you start posting the fun things that you're doing. The thing that you create, that, that the, the perception that you create is that you don't give a fuck. Oh. That, that's like. What she say? You don't give a fuck. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, you don't give a fuck because you gave Erica her $20 and you posted the black square. 
and you shared a couple articles a week ago. We're on day 12 or 13 of We've this protest. We've been at this, bitch. I know. Like, uh, by the time this episode comes out, it'll be a full two weeks of protesting. Yeah. Like, if that's all you've done, you're not an ally. I don't think I can say that, but I said it. No, you you can say <laughs> okay, that. Okay. Because, again, I, you know, I have reached out to friends and... You know, I said, you know, I, I see that you posted this and I've noticed that you haven't posted anything else about this entire situation. Um, and it's funny because someone's like, oh, I don't really like talking about that stuff. I was like, you mean murder? Yeah, yeah right. And, and we all love talking about murder. <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, I have a whole thing about like those true crime podcasters. I think they profit off of something that was a terrible experience in someone's life and their yeah. animals but that's besides the point agreed but we as white people eat that up i know because it gives us some connection to the criminal justice system <laughs> but then like nothing good ever happens at the end and i'm like i'm glad you enjoyed that but um but i will say i'm like i totally lost my point but anyway white people you need to action out in some way now i'm remembering Mm -hmm. um and you know with this particular person she said well you know i've been donating and i've been learning and i'm like i don't really care what like i get that and it's great but i need you to take that outside of yourself Mm -hmm. because it's great if you're now woke and i'm kind of like did you not know anything before (laughs) because i am your friend and i've been your friend for several years and it's not like you don't talk about it do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, we've talked about it on this podcast before. Yeah. Like, and I listened back to that episode, and oh my God, there was so much problematic shit. That Even I, I gagged at myself. I was like, oh, what were you saying? Yeah. But that's just, that's, we are also people. We are also learning. Yes. And that is okay to make mistakes as you start to learn. But you have to start to try. Like, like, I think the thing that scares me is that people are so worried about ruffling feathers Feathers have been ruffled. Like, you know what I mean? Bitch, like, they've been plucked. Yeah, right. Like, uh, like I, I, I don't think I've had a conversation that I've left yet and been like, yeah, I've changed that person. You know? Yeah. Like, because that's fucking altruistic right now. Mm-hmm. But I have left conversations. I've probably had 15 or 20, which it doesn't feel like enough. But we're also not seeing each other right now. And so, you know, like if once we start to see each other in person, I think it'll be something I I make sure I bring up. And I've had conversations probably out of the 15 tough conversations that I've had. I felt good. And I felt like that person felt a little good. Like I felt like everybody was like, yeah, we are going to learn more. Yeah, this is really sad. Like, yeah, this is upsetting. But like. For your reaction to be posting a square in solidarity, never really sharing anything again, and just sort of turning on the news and being like, this is so sad what's happening. We know. Like, that's why it's on the news. It's sad. The news is meant to be sad. Right. Like, yeah, like it, it is sad. Like, it is awful. But what the fuck are you going to do about it? Like action what yeah like like what are you gonna who are you gonna talk to are you gonna address something with that racist aunt are you gonna address you know your uncle who talks about people with slanty eyes and you know 
your cousin who talks about like those people and who talks about the bad neighborhoods of Philadelphia, like you know what they mean. Yep. And and those are those little microaggressions. The next time and I'm using this one because I think it's one that I relate to the most as going as a student at LaSalle in North Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. The next time you see a group of black people on the street, are you going to cross the street or are you going to walk forward with your head up and say hello and then keep moving? Mm-hmm. Are you going to hold a door open for somebody of color? Are you going to look at somebody in the grocery store who's maybe a black mom with a kid who is like running amok through the store. Are you going to make a judgment about her and her race? Or are you going to be like, she's probably got a lot of fucking shit on her plate. Like maybe I can help her carry her groceries to her car. Are you going, and those feel like such little examples for the magnitude of the problem. But like, but we for need you pe- little. Yeah, for you people who don't think you're bad, those behaviors are bad. Mm-hmm. Like, and and I'm like, I'm also hating myself as I'm saying this stuff. So like, I I get you if this is uncomfortable, but we have to be uncomfortable because we've made our black friends and family members uncomfortable for their entire lives. Yeah, and even if we didn't realize we were doing it, our ancestors did it. The people before them did it. Like, we have to come together to educate ourselves be allies and have these tough conversations and change our behavior like to your point words don't matter but conversation and dialogue that help people change their actions is a big fucking deal Mm -hmm. and we need to have those even though i have cried like (laughs) 10 times a day the past few days because I realize one how little I've done, but two how much further I have to go, and three how much some of my family members may never change. But that doesn't mean that I should stop. <clears throat> we can't treat people as lost causes because this is a fucking human rights issue, and this is a safety issue, and this is our, like it's an economic issue too. Mm-hmm. Like you know, like everything is tied together here. And I realize that this may more sound like a rant than giving you real details behind these things, but trust that I'm starting to do my research and 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 the 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 rant is is based in fact. You know, right. like I need people to trust that, you know, because I can't articulate everything on an hour long episode of a podcast. But holy shit, you have to talk with your friends about race. And to your point what you said to me yesterday, the conversation cannot be it's so sad what's happening right now. Can you believe this? Yes, if you bitch. are shocked, you are asleep. Yep. <laughs> Ma'am, you have not been paying attention. Ugh. This is not the first one. This will surely not be the last no. one. No. Um, no. And it's funny because my dad texted me yesterday. <laughs> and he was like, what was that thing? It sounded like Cokey. And I was like, you mean Coney 2012? <laughs> and he was like, yeah, why did that die? And I will literally read to you the response that I sent him. It's pretty, pretty amazing. Because it's, I said, white people stopped caring, read Dakota Access Pipeline. And he said, hope BLM does not go the same path. Um, And I said, same. And, you know. BLM is Black Lives Matter. Yes, if you're, you know, living under a rock. Uh, Or just dumb. It would be clear that people are. (laughs) Yeah, well. 
And it would be clear that people like me have, so. A rock in the 1950s. <laughs> yeah, right. But, yeah. Um, you know. Yeah, my understanding of, of the civil rights movement ends at Martin Luther King's yeah. assassination. Yep. Like, Isn't that crazy, though? Yep. Because that's when we stop learning about civil rights, mm-hmm. is when Martin Luther King's assassinated. And the Civil Rights Act was passed, and all of a sudden, everyone came together and held hands. It was like, oh, kumbaya. Yeah. Which I think is so funny, because that kumbaya is a word that they did use throughout. And mm. it's like this like big, peaceful word. And I'm mm. like, but there is no peace. Yeah. Um, no justice, no peace. Mm-hmm. But um, I will say, you know, I I will be holding a lot more people accountable when I'm ready because I think right now I am processing my own shit because even though I am a member of a black community of the black community, a black community, there's only one. Um, <laughs> even though I'm a member of the black community, I also have lived my life I think purposely distancing myself from the black community so I need to reconnect too Mm. um I am not perfect I am not the sole authority and I hope no one treats me like the sole authority because there's so much that is a part of you know our culture that I've never like I've never been a part of I to some extent I wish I'd gone to an HBCU because my parents went to HBCUs and you know they went to Southern University, which is known for their marching band and their homecoming. Um, and I remember my dad took me to the Bayou Classic, which is Grambling State versus Southern University, two HBCUs. And like, I remember, and this is one of the memories that I'm always like, wow, like, I'm so proud of our culture. Um, and I just remember like the marching band and the dancers. And I was just like, this is so beautiful. And I'm looking at these gorgeous women, these talented musicians, and I'm like, everyone looks like me. Mm-hmm. And how rare is that? Um, and, you know, I, I hope that when we, when we continue this fight, because I will not, I will hold every single person accountable. I'll be like, where was that energy you had two weeks ago, three weeks ago? three years ago mm-hmm. because this shit's still happening and it, it will stay happening. Mm-hmm. You cannot, you don't get rid of something. I think I used the analogy yesterday. It doesn't matter how many parts of the house you fix. If it was built on rotted wood, if the materials used to build the house were tainted from the start, you have to burn the whole house down. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing that can be salvaged except for the parts that were built on top of that framework. And unfortunately, there will be things that get, that get dismantled. Um, and then there will be things that can be salvaged. And you can use those things to build a foundation for the next house. You can bring that to the next house. You could say, look at all these strong, beautiful, resilient things that lasted. And I'm going to bring this to my next house. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I... I I know that this will not stop in in my community. I know that we will not give up on ourselves because we've watched the whole world do it. Um, And I hope this isn't another Coney 2012. I hope that this isn't another Dakota Access Pipeline because let it be known, that pipeline was built Mm -hmm. thanks to some of y'all's president. Mm -hmm. Um, My president stops at 44. Yeah. (laughs) Mm. He is an occupant of the White House. That's what I call him. 
he's our charity case. Yeah. But um, we needed to lock him up so we could watch him mm-hmm. when he acts up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I this doesn't stop, and I will not stop, and I will continue watching. Um, and, again, I, I think I will lose friendships out of this, which is hard because, to some extent, you don't want to lose a friend, but a true friend. A friend, in the sense that I consider a friend, is also an ally, because I'm an ally for my friends' causes. You know, I have friends who are Latinx, and I, you know, I love their culture. The food is beautiful. The people are beautiful. The music is beautiful. But if there's an opportunity where I can do something, and I can support, and I can, you know, participate in their culture in a positive way, then I will. Um, And, you know... I can't think of anything for white people. (laughs) (laughs) Like a strictly white thing. Yeah, I was just thinking that, you know, yeah, food isn't really white people's forte. (laughs) Black people are going (laughs) to... You kind of cooked for us for a while. Yeah. We taught you how to flavor. Yep. You still didn't learn shit. You still didn't learn a thing. (laughs) All you had was tuna salad casseroles. (laughs) (laughs) There's there's more than salt and pepper, Mom. (laughs) Um, My mother also uses pam olive oil spray and sprays her food rather than like like putting olive oil in a bowl and like churning chicken like i'll use pam to use less oil for like an egg but that's it yeah no she treats it as like full olive oil not like yeah so we're all learning from spices to i wanted to find something that rhymes but i was gonna say vices but like that's Mm -hmm. not yeah um yeah i think um i hope you also know from our conversation over the past you know 48 hours and the conversation during this podcast that you don't owe us a thank you for our allyship girl i'm done yeah i'm about to resend my thank you right (laughs) yeah yeah can i take those back i because just like you're watching i feel for me as an ally i have to watch too if mm-hmm. i truly want to be an ally and i'm not fucking there but as i start to get there i think being an ally is also going to be me and people like me fags and not fags to be able to call it out to be able to see what happens when people stop posting to see what happens when people stop debating, to see what happens when people stop donating their money towards causes because it's no longer trendy. Mm. Because we are going to get hit with a nut. What Erica and I were talking about last Something is coming in the rest of 2020. 2020 has taught us one thing is that we have no idea what's going to happen. We were hit with forest fires. We were hit with the threat of World War Three. We were hit with complete awakening for civil unrest or the start of an awakening for civil unrest and civil rights. And we were also hit with a global pandemic. If you think that 2020 is done with us, girl, (laughs) you you have another thing coming. So we have to keep up the fight. We have to keep our eyes out for the people who stop talking about black issues and stop talking about black rights and stop educating themselves because 
as humans, it's time to fucking do better. <sighs> and if we don't keep calling each other out from now until the time we die, we will never be an ally for the black community. Yep. We will never be in a, a friend to somebody that is a member of the black community. We will never be a good manager for a black associate. We will never be able to support these people and we will be faking it and thinking that at the time that we die that we did everything we could. If you don't feel exhausted, fuck you, because you're doing something wrong. If you haven't cried, fuck you, because you're doing something wrong. If you haven't picked up a book, fuck you, because I'm really mad. Like, the, like <laughs> and, Give us key. yes. And, I, and I, I so badly, when you speak, I want to be like, yeah, and the same for gay people. But that's not what we're talking about right now. Right. Yes, but no. <laughs> like, it, but it is like, true. Like, it, like, I, I like think... that's why I feel it so viscerally. Like, I, because it is the only even thing that I have that can even connect. Be like, because as as a Scorpio, as a as a three on the Enneagram scale, like I just want to be like, let me feel your pain. I want to shoulder your weight, and I can't. So my first reaction is like, well, yeah, like you people who don't advocate for gay people, fuck you too. I don't want to be your friend anymore. Yeah. When you don't call out your mom, your dad, your anybody who uses the word faggot or queer, not in the fun way. Like, I want to be mad. Like, it's the same. It, 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 it's it's not the same thing because there's not 400 years of injustice. Because 400 years ago, gays were butt-fucking in Rome. Hell yeah. <laughs> so, like, it's, it's the only thing that I can say that I, I feel some type of, like, pure motivation of like in my core but what i need to do is like find that motivation for black people in my core too you know and i i think like slowly over the next maybe like five years i can get there you know but that's if that's what it takes five years like then it takes five years like like and keep working and keep going like you know like it's there's always going to be another issue if you lose weight do you go back to eating you know mcdonald's every day after you've lost the weight hell no you you keep Keep it it the fuck up and you're louder you know like you you start posting about your vegan life on instagram sorry (laughs) (laughs) no but actually kaylee was on this podcast and she's a great like vegan like she's like do whatever you want you know but it's fine yeah i just i i I don't want to like distract from the message like but like for those of us who feel like we are on our way towards allyship, you need to be doing exactly what Erica just said to do. And that's like maybe the last time you should ever give us advice. Yep. After this, <laughs> if someone asks me for a resource, and I will say I've like directed a lot of people to some of the resources that like Paul has been providing mm-hmm. because, you know, and I do appreciate the fact that you are like, hey, other white people, because I'm tired of people saying like, oh, like, RIP this black person I'm like yes I will mourn them too but like I don't need you to mourn them on social media and then post a video of you partying at like you know I know like girl yeah. stop black lives uh, matter white claws for a day no laws when you're drinking claws <laughs> yeah. oh, ooh ooh you want to talk about privilege ooh. you want to talk about privilege oh god but um, oh, you know, no laws when you're drinking claws. God, stick like stick with us. Um, and I think start following black leadership. And there are plenty of black voices, especially 
uh, for those who live in big cities like Philadelphia. I think we have an abundance of resources. The fact that there are people who can be like, well, I don't really, I'm like, really? Because there are so many loud, beautiful, powerful voices coming from several walks of life. Because I also think that a white person can be an important voice in this movement. That being said, you should not, you know, hear their voice over the voice of our black leadership. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's to say that you can organize too. You can fundraise too. You have so many options. You can donate too. You can write letters. You can email. You can call. These are all things that you can do from the comfort of your home and your pajamas. You can be cozy. I don't care. But you can do something. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to tell me if you're doing something, because you could be cold lying to me. Like mm-hmm. people lie to me about a lot of things that they say that they're doing and a bitch be knowing, but you know, make that between you and whatever higher power you subscribe to. Mm-hmm. And the other white your, people you need to convince. Yeah, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. whatever you're doing, that's, that's you. You don't need to show me, you don't need to prove to me that you're a good ally. Just be a good ally because I've seen a lot of fake allies. I've had a lot of fake friends. I've had a lot of people who are just for my cause, except, you know, when they're around their friends, their sorority friends or their like frat bros and, you know, the N-words being dropped left and right, you're silent as hell. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's between you and your conscience. But don't think that you have to prove to me anything. Don't think that by asking me for resources, you're showing that you're an ally. If you were a true ally, you'd say, hey, I've, I, I found this resource and I'm having trouble understanding this, you know, topic or this idea that came up. Can you help me? I will help you because mm-hmm. you were coming at me from an educated standpoint. I am not here to teach ignorance. Mm-hmm. I do not coach babies on how to walk. I coach athletes on how to get better. Mm-hmm. Right? So I don't need you to say, to like check off whatever boxes. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, don't I do it in. for Erica, right? Yeah. Don't do it for Erica. Ooh, don't do it for me. I'm good. Like you don't need that weight. No. You know what I mean? Like, We're good. All of us are good. Don't, yeah. you know, don't say, okay, well, I texted Erica. I texted this person. I texted that person. I've said that I support them and I'm here for them and I see them. Stop checking off boxes and go break a mold because mm-hmm. I'm sick of it. I'm sick and fucking tired of feeling like to text me is a chore because responding to your guys' texts is a chore for me and I'm going to stop doing it. Mm -hmm. I'm tired of it. Mm -hmm. Ask me how I feel about the newest episode of Dynasty because I need some goddamn escapism Mm -hmm. because I, this is my life. This has been my life. This will be the only life I know. This will be the only life my children know because this, I'm sure my parents had thought to themselves as people born in the 60s, it's going to be better for my children. And in some ways it hasn't, but we could have gone a lot fucking farther. But there is a lot of white people who gave up the fight. Mm-hmm. And our voices aren't loud enough and didn't carry for the torch. you. Mm-hmm. We're tired of mm-hmm. carrying. We're not carrying the torch. We're lighting ourselves on fire and running down the street for you. Mm-hmm. And we're sick of it. Mm-hmm. And we've done enough. Yeah. So it's your turn to step up. Because we've been up. We've done it. And we're still doing it. But, you know, to see people thinking that 
they've done enough shows me that you've no idea what needs to be done because no one has done enough. I have not done enough. The people who are out there, you know, protesting, the leaders who are out there creating these protests, organizing together, they still have not done enough. We have people have not done enough until we can get somewhere where I can walk down the street wearing whatever I want, being as loud as I want, exercising my freedoms of speech, the Constitution that you guys talk about oh so much when it comes to the Second Amendment, but we love to skip over the first, um, and not think, am I going to get shot? Am I going to get arrested? Am I going to get thrown on the ground? Am I going to, is my face going to be under someone's boot? Is my neck going to be under someone's knee? And I'm a great person. And I know I'm a great person. And I'm sure all of those people out there, there are plenty of great people. There are good cops. And I'm glad to say that. But there are a lot of great people who are either silent or being silenced. Mm -hmm. So you need to start doing work. It's not enough to be good. Good doesn't get you anywhere anymore. It's not enough to just be a friend because friendship doesn't protect my life. So go out there, be an ally, do some research, listen to black thought, consume, support black businesses, please. Because you guys love to talk about, oh, my God, the looting destroyed this black business. Bitch, you weren't going there. You weren't going there anyway. You were eating seasoned food. Right. Yeah. You couldn't spell candied yam, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Girl, you don't even know what a collard green is. Mm-hmm. So, you know, put your money where your mouth is, A. But keep supporting us. Keep being out there. And for the people who have been sharing resources, who have been working hard, you know, don't say thanks. Wonderful. Yeah. Great. Mm-hmm. Keep doing keep it. Going. Don't stop. Like yeah. I will keep shoveling coal into your train. Um, it's just, you know, your job to fire up the pistons. Mm-hmm. So you that's know, that. do better white people. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's been another episode of let's unpack that. I'm not going to try to put a bow on this episode because there is no bow, No. but this is a call to action. So do it. Finn. Finn. <laughs> Thanks for listening.